We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. As Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. Welcome to episode number 24 of The Take with Willie Mason. And I'm not going to lie, Will, this whole thing's been a complete shit show tonight, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. We're supposed to be going Facebook Live, and if you are watching this, it's not live. It's not live. And do you know why? Because the producer, someone actually put in, because we put out a thing so people could come in and ask us questions about things, and someone said, tell us what you think about the producer. Well, let me tell you what I thought about the producer before this and what I think about him now, well, I didn't think I could think less of a bloke, but I do. So, all right. How are you, Will? I, uh, I can I just put it? I blame uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He sucks at Facebook. We're trying to go Facebook Live and he fucked it up. So I'm blaming him. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good. You know? I'll tell you who's not good. Who's that? The Brisbane Broncos, the fans of the Brisbane Broncos, the members of the Brisbane Broncos, people in Brisbane. Yeah. Mate, I have never seen. They're not all right anyway. Uh, but <laughs> I've never seen a club implode the way the Brisbane Broncos have imploded. It has been just drawn out now. They've lost 10 out of 11 games. They've they've conceded more points than, I mean, yeah. it, than any team should in a whole season. The, in, I mean, um, if you go by the stats, they're the worst team in Broncos history. Yeah, right. Which is, I mean, um, which is massive because, I mean... I mean, there's not many teams out there. I mean, how many Broncos teams each year that aren't top four, aren't definitely top eight, and they're expected to win the comp all the time. That's why there's so much pressure on this on this club. There's so much pressure on Seabold. I mean, that's why people just keep just hammering the club nonstop because the Broncos aren't supposed to be like this. And, you know, when you've been on top for so long, when you've had guys like Wayne Bennett at the helm, winning, looking smug, at Queensland sort of look, you know, that sort of arrogance and, and people wanting them wanting to see them, you know, as cellar dwellers, like just say when just say South Sydney were like that or any other team like North Sydney, any any Sydney team's been through these hard times. The Broncos haven't. No, that's right. The Broncos have never, ever, ever been through times like this. And this is why the Sydney media are piling on them and, and the Brisbane the Brisbane media is piling on them. So it just comes with wearing that wearing that Broncos jersey. They are probably the they're probably the strongest franchise club in they the are. club. One thing that I would like to say, I, I've made my feelings known on Anthony Seabold's coaching pretty clear this year. Uh, what has happened over the last sort of twenty four to forty eight hours, where those fake text messages have gone around, and everyone sort of sends them around and says, "Oh, what about this?" I think it's absolutely appalling that a bloke who essentially is doing a job. He's doing a bad job. You know, mm. I, I don't resolve from the fact we only, he can't We only coach, critique his coaching skills. That's right. We don't, I, don't know, I don't know him as a person. Apparently he's a good bloke. But this is, you know, we're, 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 we analyse games and, and how it is and, and how you coach and how you play. That's it. We don't, we don't smash your character. We're not like Channel 9 or Fox Sports or Daily Telegraph. We're not just trying to assassinate your character. You fu- we're going to hold you accountable for your actions. You're not yeah. coaching well. You're not doing the. Th- you're not playing well. We'll call you out on it. And I think the best thing, probably for Anthony Seabold, by the sounds of things, and for the Brisbane Broncos as well, is to just part ways and and for Seabold to. There's obviously some personal stuff going on, and I wish him all the best for that. And I'm, you know, I don't think he 
is the right fit for the Brisbane Broncos and that hasn't changed, but I wish him all the best in yeah. all the things he's dealing I, with. Yeah, I think, um, you know, everybody did did see those nasty text messages, man. Like, And that's the difference between, you know, having a logical thinking brain and just being an absolute fucking idiot. These guys, these people believe it. You know, they believe what's in these nasty text messages trying to character assassinate Siebes and like... That, that's not real, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's that, let's just critique this guy on his coaching. Let's not bring all this personal stuff up, what he does on the weekend, all this kind of stuff. I'm not even going to go into it because I don't want to uh, even go near that bullshit because I'm not about it. But, like, just leave the guy alone. Just critique, leave the guy alone in his personal life. Yeah. You know, we, we, we'll sit here and we'll critique him as a first-grade coach. And, and I said you did before, like... Some, just be careful what you wish for. You know, like some people go, oh, I'd love to, I want to play Origin. You know, it'd be awesome. You know, I deserve to play Origin. I play 200 games. I can, I can, ha- I can handle Origin. You get out in Origin, you get schooled. You know, and then you never play Origin again. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're not built for Origin. Yeah. You know, oh, I want to play first grade. I, I, you know, I think I could play first grade. You get out there, you get your head fucking taken off. You never play first grade again. Oh, I think I can play. I reckon I'll be a good first grade coach. It was pretty easy coming through that system. Madge already set that system up. You know, he had a pretty good, I think, 2018, I think, um, Siebes, or 17 or 18. That team was pretty set up. I think they should have got to the grand final that year. Yeah, I'm ready for first grade. Some people just aren't ready for first grade coaching or playing or origin or Australia. All those sort of levels, there's levels to everything. And I think Siebes maybe, maybe sit back a little bit at the moment. Maybe maybe go to England for a couple of years, you know. Learn your craft. Yeah, learn your craft because, you know, I've I've talked to a few people at Brisbane, uh, younger players and older players, got the same sort of rap. It's like, it's not a bad bloke, but like he's just not ready for first grade coaching. It's just like a young kid, that's just not ready for the big the big lights yet. Mm. You know, so learning curve for everyone. I think um, I think uh, the Brisbane should make the right decision. For the club because they, they are not used to this shit. I think the sooner they, they put it to not, bed, the better. They are not used to it. I mean, I'm not sure if they stick. What are they going to do? They're going to let him stick around all year? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But what's 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 the other option? Like, you got the Walker brother. If I I honestly would throw the kitchen sink at Craig Bellamy because I know that he's part of that. He's been part of that club with those premierships and everything like that. And if Wayne Bennett is off contract, he'd be my director of coaching up there. And I'd drag Cameron Smith up and a couple of those big boys from down in Melbourne and change that whole culture of the club. That's, that, that's what I'd do as Brisbane because I just think, I don't think Cameron Smith will ever, ever leave Melbourne. But the only way he would is if Belly goes. Well, they're going to have money next year because Tavita Pangai Jr. has been given a breach notice. It looks as if they're going to sack him from the club. I think he's on about 650 grand a year or something. So there's there's cap space there. Talking about the whole Pangai thing, I know when it sort of came out on the weekend that he'd sort of spoken to um, the Roosters and that sort of thing, you you, you were pretty yeah. positive. Like you were thinking people were piling on they shouldn't have. Yeah. For him to go and get a haircut with a bikey haircut, that's, you know, which... Yeah. I don't think that you can make excuses for what Favita Pangai did. Um, I don't 
necessarily know if it's a sacking offence. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I think probably the Broncos have... That was the straw that broke the camel's back and they're, and they're trying to fix the culture of the club. I think Tavita Pangai Jr. is a fantastic footballer. Mm. Um, you, you may know him as a bloke. I certainly yeah. don't. But what do you think is the reason that he got the arse? Is it because of all of that other stuff? Or do you reckon they're trying to free the books up to get Cameron Smith up there? Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure about Cameron Smith, but um, it's probably an accumulation of things. But I don't think it's a sackable offence what he's done. He's done the wrong thing by breaching the Apollo rules, you know, the, the bubble rules. Like he's done the wrong thing. Wayne Bennett did the, done the, did the wrong thing. Vaughan's done the wrong thing. None of these blokes have been sacked, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, even at the start of the year, Cleary and all these other people, they've they, they done the wrong thing. It's like, you know, why why is he fined forty grand? Why has he got it? Why why is this a sackable offence? It's not. You know, unless there's some underlying things that have been around the club, and people can say it's it's a it's a COVID breach. I don't mean shit. Yeah, you cannot go. Here's your six hundred. We're going to keep your six hundred and fifty thousand. You just go along and uh, you're sacked, mate. No, the RLPA is too strong for one, and they'll stick by him. And that's just not. It just doesn't warrant a sacking offence. And I, I I had a chat with him during the week, and I'm pretty sure he's he's okay with his money. A team will be chasing him. They'll sort some shit out with with Brisbane. If Brisbane want to pay him six fifty, and then and let him let him go on his merry way, they'll do it. But like other than that, they're gonna they're still gonna have to have a cap hit. You, you just can't get rid of a player like he did the wrong thing. He went out there, and this is what I don't like. Some fucking wanker journo goes, um, oh, he looked like he um, he went out to get a, a fresh fade. He didn't look like he needed a fresh fade. How the fuck would you know? Just little dumb things like this. Like, I get a haircut every Wednesday. I can honestly say do you, know you what I mean? Do. I do you get are, a haircut every haircut Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand. It's like, don't try and character assassinate this guy and um, and go, oh, he's hanging out with bikies and Mongols. And I've, I've known, I know bikies. Some bikies are like, like they're, they're decent people. He did the wrong thing, but don't try and say he's affiliated with any of these bikies. He's not. Like, don't try and put him in that mould. And they're trying, they're trying to put him out there. And I, I know they're trying to change the narrative on this kid, trying to say he's he's affiliated with all this shit, because he's not. But he, if did he, fa- he did a favour, get out there, get a haircut. He did the wrong thing. He's taken all accountability for it. What else do you want him to do? Well, do you reckon that the fact that he rang Nick Politis has made the Broncos think, well, this bloke wants out anyway? There's, there's definite obviously issues with the playing group up there. There's no question that players are unhappy, um, whether or not it's because they don't feel as though they're learning or because... But you'd have to say, if you're if you're running a club and you've got one of your star players who is then not only ringing one of the most powerful blokes in the game, and you can say that he was ringing to say hi, but the chances are he was probably ringing to see if the Roosters wanted on because they did want on before... If he hasn't made that phone call, he probably doesn't get the boot. Is that yeah. fair? I mean, I, I totally understand that. I can see that coming from Brisbane, but I don't see all the. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that it's a sacking offence. What he's done, like he can do it. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, there's no rules saying he can't ring a club or his management can't approach anything like that. There's no rules like that. So, you know, he's morally done the wrong thing by the club. And he's taken all accountability by what, he, by what he did on the weekend. He knew he knew it was stupid. He shouldn't have done that. He was doing it for a favour. But just people just trying to crush his whole um, his character, like just filthy journalists. Like just stop it. 
You know, like he's he's a good kid. He plays the game hard. He plays the game tough. Don't try and say that he's he's affiliated with Mongols or anything like because he's not. Mate, he's I'll a rugby you. league player, mate. Let's just leave it at that. He went over there to do a favour for a person. Should never have done it. End of story. I'll tell you what's funny. You watch the way the mainstream media works, and it's not just in sport. It's, you know... It, they hold on to something, you know, they, they grab the bushfires and all you yeah. see is water or bushfire, then it's yeah. coronavirus. It's, it, it doesn't matter what it is. There's story after story after story. As soon as someone in the NRL bubble was found to have breached the bubble, all of a sudden, it's like a game of whack-a-mole. You've got mm. people taking photos and trying to find, oh, I saw this bloke doing this, oh, here's this bloke doing that. It's quite bizarre. Like, no one said a word up until... They got one bloke, and then as soon as one bloke was sprung, they've just gone, floodgates are open, send in your photos of a bloke having a haircut. Dude, this sick. bloke had a piss in a street. It's like it's just relentless now. It makes me sick how people are, like how they actually really are, like deep down in their soul when something like this has happened and you just want to see the demise of some young kid. This young kid, Pangai Jr., just lost his job yesterday. And then I was just, I just read comments just to see how pathetic people are and just to see where their mindset is. Like, oh, suck shit, he deserves it. He's, he's a scumbag, he's a thug, he's this, he's that. Like, get, this guy just lost his job. Like, you have no empathy for anything. Anything You have no, like, it's just, this is social media. This is what people are like at, the, at this moment. They want to see people fail. They don't want to see for success. You know, they want to see negativity. Negativity sells. Like, it's just like, now it's just like spot an NRL player and see what he's doing. Like, it's just like, are they, they're going through enough. That they should be done. Like, shout out. I mean, just a word to the NRL players at the moment. Like, just, you've got eight weeks left. Just behave yourself. If this is not a, a wake-up call, because I knew personally, I was just like, it's only a matter of time before this shit sort of starts happening. You know, people start spotting people in cafes, having coffees with other people, all this kind of stuff. And, and it's happening right now. Well, the, like, just can we stop being such wankers and pussies and dobbers and just like trying the, to go? Dobbers wear nappies. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like just oh, I just seen this guy out here. Like, what are you? What are you getting out of it? Well, what are you last... getting out of? Because you're you're a hypocrite, first of all, because you're fucking out with no mask and all that kind of stuff. But you're gonna you're gonna tell on someone else, so you make yourself feel better. It's quite pathetic. And if you are one of those people, you're an idiot. <laughs> you heard it here first. You're an idiot. Because uh, I mean, in the last week, you've had. Alfie Langer got sprung. Wayne Bennett obviously was having a nice Italian meal at Grappa. You've got um, the entire Brisbane Bron Broncos team at a pub, but apparently that was all right because I don't the know. The restaurant was, was attached to the pub. And the rules, I guess, have been relaxed and sort of thing. But you do, if you're an NRL player now, yeah, you've got people death riding you with cameras and going, here, look at this, this bloke did that. You know, it's... Let's, yeah, let's just like, you know, if you are, if you are in the NRL bubble, just be careful. And, and be very diligent. Just think of it as, a, as a, it's, it's bigger than you. The game is bigger than you. It always is bigger than you. It's always going to be bigger than you. But at the moment, you've really got to be diligent. You just can't, you can't make any mistakes. Otherwise, the repercussions are massive. You can cost the game. You can cost the game millions, billions, potentially billions of dollars, sponsors. It's, it's massive. So if you think like that and you just don't think about yourself, you'll have a different mindset, you know. So hopefully these young kids can um, – obviously, every, I think every team at the moment, if you have great leadership in your club, would all be getting sat down and would all be getting told this, that, the, the you know, the repercussions are so far 
It's, it's going to be massive, monumental, you know, for you just to go and have a coffee or a haircut or a feed with your, with your mates. Not worth it. You just can't do it. And, it's, and it sucks. And you guys have taken such a massive sacrifice and we, all, we thank you all, but it, it doesn't stop. We're halfway in there and you guys just got to keep going. This is probably the wake-up call we need. You know, we, you know, humans tend to just, you know, we, we follow rules, we follow rules, and then rules are meant to be broken somehow. Looking and at, then they, they, and we're habitual line steppers. Look at the NRL though. It's sort of nine games in or whatever, ten games into coming back from the break. This is the first sort of time that there's been these yeah. stories coming out. If you look at the English Super League, They've played one game, like one or two games, and it is a raging bin fire. They've got 600 blokes, they've got COVID, they've got ten, blokes. 10 for South. Oh, mate, it's a joke. I, I just look at what the NRL has done in the prism now of watching Super League trying to do the same thing. I understand that there's a lot less cases in Australia mm. than there are over there. But in saying that, Super League looks like they've had one, one or two games and the whole thing's going to fall over one, again. One game, I think. Yeah. Like we got to we got to commend like the NRL, what 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 they've done and what they've um, how we've come through this with not one positive, you know, in eight weeks, eight or nine weeks, yeah. is it? Like it's 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 monumental. It's it's ridiculous. It's up there. I mean, the NBA are doing it, but the NBA are all stuck in Disneyland. They're getting tested three times a day. They're all in a bubble. Nobody can come in. But for a nation to be traveling up and down the East Coast, and you know, like it's 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 unbelievable what we've done. So. We'll look back in the in history and have a look at two, in 2020 and go, damn, we actually survived. So these players got mass, massive responsibilities. And this talk would have been at the start of COVID. When we when they when they when we all when you all come into your meetings, it's like, all right, this these are the rules. You've got to do this, this, and this. We don't want this, this, and this. What's happening now? So sit back, recalibrate. And hopefully we just uh, enjoy the rest of the year. Well, no more, no more um, stuff ups. Speaking of Super League, I think that watching Sonny Bill Williams. So the Toronto Wolfpack are in a situation now where they've obviously fallen over this year and they can't pay players. You've got blokes that are stuck over there; they can't get their money. I, to me, when Sonny Bill Williams gets offered ten million bucks over two years, how can you sustain? a playing roster where you're paying a bloke $5 million a year. It sounded to me like bullshit money from the start. Now, Sonny Bill Williams is back in Australia and he's, you know, he's Sonny Bill Williams. So he can get a contract. He can he can get money. He can play here and he'll probably get a contract next year. There's blokes over there that are stuck in England with no money. Their visas aren't yeah. working visas. I mean... Haven't been what, paid for four or five months. Haven't been paid. What, what responsibility... Does this club need to take now? I mean, what what exactly do you think is going to happen with these players? Because I can't see them getting paid. Yeah, I'm actually not sure. Um, but I know the the RLF or RFL, or Super League, whatever whatever it is, they're responsible for it. They're the governing body. It's like the, it's just like if Parramatta was in trouble or the Bulldogs, NRL have to bail them out. Yeah, like the game is. Their game still earns money. This is a professional sport. This is not part-time footy. These guys are professional athletes. So step up, RFL, and f- look after the guys. You know what I mean? Like, like these guys are putting on Twitter, like Darcy Lussick, like being here for three months, can't get this, promise this, this, and this, no payments for three or four months. Like this is a 
it's a fucking horror story. It is. It's bad. You know, so these guys, you know, the, the Super League need to step up and look after these guys because that's they work for you. So do something about it. I've been, I've, I was tweeting a couple of things on the weekend when I was just, I was, I was horrified when I seen that when I seen that tweet from Darcy. So like, just do the right thing. You got to look after these guys. Get these guys home to Australia or wherever they, wherever they're from, wherever they feel safe with their families or, or something. You know. I, I'll gladly quarantine in Australia for 14 days just to get the fuck out of there. It's funny too because rugby union, people don't realise with... So French rugby union, most of the rugby union clubs in France that pay huge money for players, they're all privately owned. So they're owned by these eccentric billionaires and you played in Toulon. So you yeah. had a situation as well where you were over there and then, you know, you weren't happy and Toulon weren't happy. Yeah, and no, they just don't give a fuck. And you're the out. boat just was like, you're out. You know what I mean? And And... and Rugby union players sign these contracts thinking that they're contracts. You think a rugby league contract in Australia means nothing. Contracts for rugby union in oh. France are not worth the piece of paper they're Trust written me. on. I mean, you know. I'll just sign in the air. Because <laughs> that's where your money is. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Ooh, there was your money. Bang, it's in the air. Bye. And it, it sounds to me like the Toronto Wolfpack is sort of the same as that. This bloke's just yeah. coming and going, I'm going to give a billion dollars to everyone. And then all yeah. of a sudden, no money, sorry. No just money do, the right, do the right thing. If the owner the owner should be doing the right thing, but if not, the governing body should be doing the right thing by these players. This yeah. is bush league. This is absolute bush league, and it reflects on everybody who plays rugby league, not just super league. Yeah. Well, now William, we are going to cross live to our favourite prophet, prophet, the bloke who very closely resembles. The bloke who's on the Bachelor at the moment, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's the beard <laughs> hair combo. Uh, Beautiful beard. And Jared, oh, are you with us? Dearie me, thanks. Uh, what an absolute g up of a start that is. I am here. Thank you very much. Terrific betting recently, Ian. Let's change the subject immediately. <laughs> How did <laughs> our producers? Uh, was there a hashtag going around Team Producer on the weekend? I think there was. Yeah. It was on the uh, the Facebook post that you've just put up about the ruined live event tonight as well. So following on from my amazing uh, scheme of betting that is... A couple is, of weeks. The last yeah. couple of weeks you've been on fire. I know. Do you know what I did? I took the horses out. I can't bet on horses on a Wednesday. It's too many variables. Yeah, Track. Same. same. Weather. Horses. Whether or not I know what I'm horses. talking about. <laughs> I get better tips on weekends than I do early in the week and I have to do it myself. But my bet this week, Jared, I'm sticking with the line bet. I'm going yep. Souths to cover the line. I'm going yep. the Knights to cover the line. And in what yep. will warm one of our fans, Aaron's heart, I'm taking the Titans with the line. Yeah. All right. Titans well, let's right. step this out. Yeah, let's step this out in game order. <laughs> How good were the Neds Gold Coast Titans last week? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it. Yeah, I, li yeah. I, li I, li I liked them. I liked them. <laughs> I did. Amazing. I was very best impressed looking. with. Hey, I I, pick, I picked them. That was my. That was part best of my bet. I just keep. Lo I just keep losing like the other multis, but I just. I got that one. That's a win for me. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. a tip win. Look, I mean, yeah. I know he hasn't played yet, but they've just been a completely different side since David uh, Fafita put pen to paper, haven't they? And how good were they with uh, AJ Brimson on the field? I think. Week? I think he was a difference for a guy. Who, yeah, I reckon he was too. He scored a couple of tries for a guy who has been out for pretty much longer than. Uh, yeah, pretty much eight weeks. You, you expect him to regress a, a whole lot. He just hit the ground running like he's ne like he hasn't missed a game. So his X factor at the back has been outstanding. I think that young Fogarty was great. I think he's. I'm not sure whether he's a seven or a six. 
Um, but like he's a strong ball runner. I've seen him with his shirt off before the when they showed the little Remind he, you of me? He's ripped. Yeah, he's well, jacked, man. Yeah. I'm just thinking, why well, is he a freaking halfback? But um he's um he he's been a surprise. And I think Brian Kelly on that left edge, man, you I, I tweeted a couple of things. If he was in a top four side, you'd be talking about him being a representative player. So I don't think many people can argue with that because there's not many genuine left side left side centers other than Bradman Best and Latrell at the moment, and maybe Jack White when they put him there that uh, that can yeah. actually play left side center. So he's he's a special player. How much am I getting, Definitely. Jared? Yeah. Well, I mean that just that leg alone there, Ian. We're getting nine and a half points for the line as them as outsiders. I think they're a sneaky to win that. So that leg alone is excellent. Uh, Souths, of course, playing the Cowboys. They are definitely one of the 2020 season easy beats. Eight points at that line. Newcastle also very good last week. I think Manly are just really sweating on Turbo coming back if they're going to sneak yeah. sneak into the finals. It's a seven and a half point line here. As always, three $2 lines with the added value of it being a multi. $8. Thank you very much, Ian. You could get the hat trick here. Are you upset at me because I know you're a massive Manly fan and I've tipped the Knights? <laughs> Are you... Is this... It's a grudge, that's a grudge match. That's a grudge match. I'll play for both teams. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best season of your career at Manly, Will. It um, was. <laughs> it was. I think the spoon it's, at the Cowboys uh, yeah, probably no. <laughs> tops it. The spoon year was good. <laughs> no, someone beats by yeah. technicality. Cheats. Yeah. Actually, my favourite Willie Mason was Toulon Willie Mason you guys were touching on. Just oh, before. yeah. Oh, yeah. Lifestyle-wise, yeah. Lifestyle-wise. Lifestyle Willie yeah. Mason Toulon was uh, 10 out of 10. That was my favourite part yeah. of your career. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's, everyone who lived in Sydney was my, was my favourite. Hey, where are you at? I'm in, I'm in Toulon, mate. Just come over. Just come over. Anyway, I'm going to back the Storm yep. against just the Roosters. Win. Um, yeah, just one, one to 12, I reckon. I reckon okay. I'll get them. And then I'm going to go the Bulldogs, 13 plus against the Tigers. And then my anytime, in my anytime know, scorers, I like how you Stephen Crichton and Billy Kickow. I like how you stopped right. when you said dogs 13 plus, cause you knew I would look at you like, what have you just done there? 13 plus, I know. 13 plus. <laughs> eight bucks they're playing, eight bucks, aren't they? Okay, they're paying eight bucks yeah. to win 13 plus. I reckon yeah, they got right. them. You do right. know how I've markets... A... Can we just have a quick Sorry. explanation to Willie on how markets work? The more money you get for the bet, the least likely the bet is to win. Mm. That is it in a nutshell, yeah. correct. So that's good. So $8 <laughs> in more, a two-horse race. The more money. All the more, All the more money. money. I think I'm a, I'm a positive person, mate. Glass half the full. More, glass half full. I'm thinking, no, nah, that's more money, mate. Look at that other guy. And Angus Crichton? Uh, yeah, and Stephen Crichton to score any time and Viliami Kickow to score any time. Okay, amazing. Four legs. Yep. Straight off the bat, we were looking at $38.50, Will. That yeah. in itself would have been a lovely win. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding the two anytime try scorers. I love Kickow, actually. He's almost, he's good for a try every week, honestly. He is. He's outstanding. Um, <laughs> well, so add Stephen Crichton in who... Who is actually the favourite okay. to score first in this Penrith yeah. Warriors game? I love him. A hundred, a hundred and fifty-two dollars and ninety-three cents. We're looking at for this multi this week. That is amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be done on Thursday, so don't stress, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I did a journalism degree for a reason. Yeah. I'm not sure what fifty times one hundred and fifty-two dollars ninety-three yeah. is. Now the producer. Um, 
I'm not going to say that he's terrible at everything because he's probably got some skills. I haven't seen any of them yet, and tonight's probably proved that producing again is not his strong point. But he's had a couple of wins. He's done okay on a couple of bets. Is he uh, nine from thirteen now? Shut your mouth, William. He. Uh, but anyway, he's, he's up next. What do we got? Look, he's he. he he has had a very, very good strike rate. He, it's been a lean few weeks for the producer, though. This is probably the uh, the longest patch without a serious win that we've had since we've started. Uh, it's up-and-coming stakes day at Royal Randwick on Saturday. The producer is taking us back to the Saturday Sydney races. Race 8, number one, the horse is called Shared Ambition. He is resuming in this 1,400-metre handicap, and he was allocated the top weight, but he's got a claiming apprentice in the saddle, so he will get some relief in those weights. And look, his fresh form... Looks pretty good. He's had three first-up starts for a win and a third placing before. He was pretty good in the Autumn Carnival. He was probably a little bit out of his depth in the Group 1, Don Castamire, but that is one of Sydney's premier handicap races. And I do remember him being quite prominent in the market that day, so he's got plenty of supporters. He won the Ramwick City Stakes, I beg your pardon. He ran third in another Group 3 race. I'm looking through the field for this one now. With the exception of a couple of other horses, it is full of resuming stays. That's a pretty good sign for a horse of his well, abilities. Uh, when I spoke to the producer this afternoon, he was available at $7.50. I've taken that for us. He's since been backed into $5.50, so we might have taken a little bit of overs there. Very good. I'll tell you what, it wasn't the producer backing it in because the bloke still got his first dollar. So don't worry about that. He just bets with your money. <laughs> he, reckon, uh, he reckons he's, uh, he's actually back to studying the guide. So let's, um, let's see how he goes. He's on a diet too. Hey, he went on a seven-day water cleanse. So shout-out to the producer. I love it. I love his, uh, his yeah. mental strength. is very, very high. So, And he's been off the piss. Which well makes done. Him well done, incredible. producer. So Proud of you, mate. He's still a fat mess and now he's boring. So it's a good mix. Anyway, Jared, thank you again. I've got to get him back on the piss, I think. <laughs> Start partying with me. <laughs> this whole podcast will fall over. Uh, now, Jared, thank you again. Thank you to Ned's. It has been um, – how much have we got in the kitty now? $3,400. $3,700 now. It's been a pretty good uh, two weeks. Thanks to you there, Ian. 800 in thanks to yourself. Oh, that's – you know what? That was, All nice. Right, we'll have that was 10, a nice little end. We'll thank you, like- Jared. <laughs> <laughs> have 100 and, we'll have a hundred we'll leave 000. it there <laughs> and I think uh, I wish you all the best on this season's Bachelor Jared I hope you're going well no I know you've got a beautiful Thanks girlfriend she, much, ruined, yeah. she <laughs> yeah. ruined our podcast a couple of weeks ago because <laughs> it was a birthday but mate thanks again for your support and we will see you next week amazing thanks cheers, guys Jared. have a good weekend good luck all of the punters cheers thanks Thank mate you. can I say it this week say it please gamble responsibly That's great. You like that one? (laughs) (laughs) Round 14 of the NRL has the grand final replay, Uh, except all the players are out. So it's not really a grand final replay, but the teams are the same. Is it the grand final replay, Rooster Storm? Rooster Storm. Was it? No, it's not. From last year? From two years yeah, ago. From two years <laughs> two ago. Two years ago. It's a grand rivalry. Yeah, I know, but. I know. It's a big, it's, it is a massive rivalry. These two teams hate each other. So um, it's going to be It's going to be interesting. No Munster, no Cam Smith. You know, the Roosters have got their own injuries. You know, I, I still think Tupo and and I think BMOZ uh, are out. I think it really, really, really messes up their, um, that, that combination they've got at the back five. You know, with the Roosters, you know, Ikevalu, Hall, 
they're not really those real strong carriers coming out of um, coming out of the, the red zone, which they really rely on Tupou and Bimos to get that out, and then Teddy to do his own thing, and then and then Manu. But um, you know, Mate, I don't sport? I don't want to hate on anyone because it's you know anyone who plays first grade rugby league is a good player, and mm. this bloke scored four million tries in the Super League. Yeah, Ryan Hall got in space on the weekend against the Dragons, and he had gum boots on. It's different levels, mate. I just you know? looked at him and I went, the bloke's in space. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm, I, anyone who saw me play in my heyday would throw, I should not be throwing stones about pace on the field. But honestly, that, I was like, are you mm. a winger? That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, he was arguably one of the best uh, wingers in Super League for like 10 years. Um, but he can't make a run can't inside finish. over here. Yeah. You know, like, so there is, there's a lot of levels to, um, to the game. Super League is, is is a great level, but he played in a really outstanding team with Leeds. But, you know, coming over here, he's he's had a knee reconstruction, got set back a little bit. But regardless, I don't think he would be starting in the Roosters. He'd um, he, he'd start in about maybe the, the the bottom four sides. Yeah. He would, he'd get a start there because his runs aren't too bad. But, um, yeah, I think – I don't know. I, I can see an upset. I don't mind um, – what do you think about Lachlan Lamb? What do you think? Oh, I think it's a I think it's a hard situation for him because if I was him, I would be thinking: is is Cole Flanagan? Am I in the side so that Cole Flanagan be can, can be get punished, his confidence up? Can be punished into behaving a bit better, and yeah. so he's going to you know a slap on the wrist for a couple of weeks and then straight back in. Is this my chance to to certify my spot, or mm. has Robinson said to him, "Mate, the spot's yours"? So I think it. It'll be a fight. It'll be. I think they might get three games each before the before the semi finals. Yeah, it'll be something. It'll be something like that. How impressive was uh, Takayaho? Oh, three hundred and three meters. If he didn't play last week, I think it it would have been St George. I mean, I did back St George last week because I'm an idiot. Um, But (laughs) uh, they would have been in with the chance because you know um, the other Lindsay Collins was he he does his he does his he does his job, you know. But like Isaac Liu. Uh, Tupanua, Mitch, I mean, congrats to Mitch Orbison, played a great game on his 300th game. But, like, I just thought they were there for the taking. That little young young Daniel Fafita, fucking mm. hell, another beast. But, like, I look at, um, what do you think about, you know, Jerome Hughes and, and Riley Jacks? No Munster. I can understand Brandon Smith um, fitting in for Cameron Smith because he's such a beast. You can't replace Cameron Smith, but he's a different sort of player. Yeah, you're not he's an animal. He's an animal. But I mean, even having having Jesse Bromwich back with uh, Welsh like Kafusi Bromwich, Dal Fanukin, then you got uh, Fasu Malawi and you got Nelson Asopo Solomon. They come off the bench and they beast teams. Man. And they've got they've got Poopin Poopin back as uh, well. Yeah, Pappenhausen. You got Albert Vetto, who's pretty versatile, and, and Nico Hines can play anywhere in the back. Do you know what? I actually would have started the way he played on the weekend. He, he sort of, he reminds me of like two thousand and nineteen Pappenhausen, where he came off the bench and looked like a genius yeah. and got a chance. Nico Hines played so well. I would have probably started him at five eight. I think over Riley Jacks. Riley Jacks is, yeah, you know, I, I, and that might still happen. It that might, might still, happen. still happen just yeah. to take a little bit of pressure off Riley Jacks because I'm not sure what sort of position Nico Hines is. Full he looks like a really he looks he looks like a footballer. He's played five out. He's a footballer. Yeah, he's a, he's a footballer. So, mate, this is going to be a really good game. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm, we'll I'm, do it. I'm going to yeah. We'll do we'll it. Do we'll do it at the end. But I, I know I'm leaning. To, I know who I'm leaning towards. Well, you've just literally you've just bet on. Melbourne, so you're not like, anyway. Uh, all right. But I'm going. But I'm going for the Roosters. <laughs> so the Warriors. Um, how good is it with the Warriors? I think someone needs oh to sign Todd Payton because what he's done there is phenomenal. 
they they ruined your um eight again. You yep. got eight for me, and oh, that's no. what I'm happy for. Good good on you, Warriors. Uh, the news. Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek wants out. Apparently, looking uh, at we we blues. talking some real shit here or what? Well, I mean, you never know. Look, there's been talk about. We don't Roger fact check people. <laughs> I just fucking make this shit up in my head. There has been talk about Tuivasa-Shek wanting to go to Union for a while. Um, and, and look, to be honest, with it's nothing to do with rugby league, but most kids that grow up in New Zealand, they want to play for the All Blacks. Yeah. You know, that's that's there's rugby league is is not a second tier sport, but it's not. Rugby union is oh yeah, mate. The rugby union. You, you want to play for the All Blacks, and I think so, he has every right to do whatever he wants. He's achieved everything in rugby league, and I knew that there was doubts about him re-signing with the Warriors because there was, talk there was about talks it, yeah. about him signing just before the World Cup, but it wasn't probably long enough for him to acclimate to Union. But um, if he goes, I have no qualms against that kid. He's done everything for the game. He's done everything for the Warriors in the New Zealand game. And if he wants to walk away from the game right now, walk away. Yeah, he can do whatever he can do what he wants. He can walk away with his head held high. You know, maybe, maybe he'll want to finish the year out. I'm not sure. Oh, he will definitely. I, he's I not mean, the like, sort of I, I don't think he's that sort of bloke that's just going to walk away from the bubble. And what New Zealand have gone through, the New Zealand Warriors have gone through, and that commitment they've made to the game, and everybody in the NRL owes them owes those guys a favour. So. Um, It'll be a shame to lose him, but you know, he's given seven, what, seven, eight years of service. Mm. One of the best players in the world. Dallium. Get Dallium player, golden boot player, premiership player. You know, he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer, so he'll be, he'll be fine. I mean, I'm, how many more years can he play in Union? How old is he now? I think he's about 27, 28. Oh, man, he can play at least 40 in Union. He'll never get yeah. tackled. He won't worry about it. Uh, they're playing against the Panthers. Damn. You'd have to say at this stage, the Panthers, I've always said I thought that probably the Roosters and Melbourne were the two sides that were a standout. Um, and I think when you look at the players that they've got out and they're still winning, both the Roosters and the Storm are still going to be very hard to beat at the back yeah. end. But the Panthers have been a genuine premiership contender, especially in the last few weeks. They're starting to find their groove. They're schooling teams. Yeah. They are. You know, they're physically bashing him. I think they're led really well by James Taumau. And I know that I know for a fact that he wants a two- or three-year deal. I'm not sure they want to give it to him. If I was a team like the Bulldogs, who are struggling for that leadership in the forward pack, this guy's played like maybe, you know, just say 15 and 15, 15 tests, 15 origins, won a grand final, 250-plus games, leader, family man, all those attributes that you want. Signing for two years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, sign him. I don't, I don't care. You got so much in your kitty. You got to sign a guy like this. Why would you let him? Like, if you, you know, I think the Penrith want to sign him on a one-year deal. The dude is as fit as hell. You get better with age. He's only about probably thirty. I think he's maybe 32, 33, Not even that. Like, he's mm. still got his best. And I think he's he's playing some of his best football. James Fisher Harris, like Billy Army Kickout, Isaiah Yayo, like he's just killing it. I think it's got a really well balanced team, and as I said, like this is the difference between uh, like a team like the Knights with their forward pack. You know, no one is no one has that point of difference. No one has they can't kick it out to the left edge and have a Billy Army kick out. You got Lachlan Fitzgibbon there. They go out to the right. Do you know what I mean? Like you got that Liam Martin, who's a worker, like which is typical to a Guerrero. But then like you know Isaiah Yao, he goes to the line. He he he's got inside and outside support. He's got people out the back. Like they just got a really well balanced side. Then you got Tarman, and then you got like Fisher Harris. 
Yeah. Like they're two beasts. They're going to beat you each way. And then you, Upy Coruscant is probably the most underrated nine in the comp. And then you've got guys like Moses, Leota, Zane, Tedavana like coming off that dispenser, Lee, Leinu. Like he is smashing blokes. There's three blokes that come off the bench. And as a, as a former player, I'm like, yeah, we'll get through their, you know, their starting pack. And I'm like, fuck, it's the worst thing in the world. Just say, even when we were playing, we'd, uh, me, myself, and Ogre would come off, and Roy Asatasi and Sonny Bill would come on. Yeah. And Rennie Matua. It's like, good luck. I'll <laughs> gladly come off. Yeah, like, yeah. If those guys are going to come, that's what, and that's what's happening at Penrith because they don't lose any momentum. So one, once that's built and clear, his kicking game's great. His defense is awesome. He's going to the line playing some really good football. Stephen Crichton's a freak. You know, so they've yeah. still got their, their number one fullback out, but they look like the whole package. But who knows? The Warriors could upset them. Warriors, I love the Warriors. Uh, the other side, I guess, that is in the top four at the moment, and look, they're going okay. They're not, they're, I feel like they're in a bit of a slump at the moment. You can say that they're winning ugly, mm. or you can say they're playing shit. Like, it's, it's one or the other. Like, if you're beating sides like the Dogs, I mean, the Sharks are a good side, but. If you're just getting over the line and you've done it two weeks in a row. Yeah, I could excuse the Dogs game because it's, I mean, I actually I can't really excuse the Dogs game. I can excuse last week's game against Cronulla because the conditions, the conditions were absolutely yeah. disgraceful and it was always going to be a low-scoring game. But the week before really uh, highlighted, you know, if they, if they can put teams to bed like the Bulldogs who are, you know, a bottom, obviously a bottom two side, you know, like regardless of the hatred and all these rivals, or if everyone talks about it, it's a rivalry. The fucking rivalry's not there anymore. Regardless, they don't hate each other like they used to. So they couldn't put them to bed. But um, I'm still, you know, I'm confident in the Eels. Yeah, St. George. But St. George, if he's let me down coach. last week again. Come on, man. Like, I'm done. I'm done with him. Get rid of you and Aiken. You and Aiken's at the Warriors. Yeah. Like, well, he's been going good on that yeah, left edge. Good. They must have, a, like, this young freak who they've been holding back. No, the Villy Army, they reckon. He's the future. Braden Villiarmi, anyway. He's uh, a good guy, but, yeah. So, the Sharks who played in that, I mean, I'll tell you what as well, just on a personal note, councils with park football with kids are calling games off. They put a fucking sprinkler on and they call a the game off. I used, up to, I used to love it. I used to cry if my game got called off when I was younger. But, actually, now, you know, you've got a son, he, his games are getting called off because it sprinkles for it 10 sprinkles. minutes. Yeah, so joke. I can, I can, I'll be so disappointed. So The Sharks in the wet looked okay. Um, the Titans, though, they're the best team in Queensland, officially. They, they are. are the they best are. team in who Queensland. Would have, who would have thought that? I mean, I think 2009 and 10, 11 when they were going all right. Yeah. Good on them. I mean, we smash teams here, like, you know, but that's if they're playing some shit football. I'm, I'm, we're not going to hammer a side that's playing, that's actually having a dig. Overperforming. You know, and like the reason why Brisbane always gets hammered on every single talk show is because of the talent that they've got. Do you know what? I, I tipped the Cowboys last week against the Titans, and as soon as I did, I felt like wrong. I'd made a mistake. I did. I was wrong. I know. I told you. I was like, don't, don't. Don't, just but you know what? I thought Michael Morgan's back and they'll lift. Michael Morgan missed six tackles in the first 10 minutes. But Shoulder shoulder <laughs> injuries. I was trying to tell you that. That Titans You actually side, need your shoulders to tackle. Oh, well, backs don't. That's <laughs> just it's all arms. Um, but the Titans play like a team that want to play for each other, you know? And, and they just have done so well this year, yeah. given... I, I really like the Titans and the way yeah. they're playing. I mean, I'm not going to tip them. Shout but. out to Kevy Proctor. 
he seems like they're um, just their little spiritual leader out there. Like he does all the little things. He hits holes. He does all the wrestling. He, um, you know, I think I think he plays some really good football out there. He's very passionate about what he does. Jamin Jolliffe. I love him. Yeah. Tough. See, that's the sort of kid that I'd go for if I was a, you know, if I was the Bulldogs or someone else. But I mean, like, obviously they're going to try and keep him. But like, you got to, this is what, this is what gets me about like recruitment and general managers and these guys that are responsible for building rosters and just how shit they are mm. at doing it. And they keep keeping their jobs. Do you know what I mean? Just because they might have discovered a, a player 20 years ago. That player 20 years ago was always going to be a fucking freak. I seen some guy on Twitter. I think I think Newcastle or someone goes, "Oh, we got we got the um uh the recruitment guy who discovered Jason Taumalolo." I was like I said a person fucking who lived under a rock for a thousand years could have got up and went, "What the fuck's going on?" and seen if this game's really good, that guy is going to be a freak, Jason Taumalolo. That's how good he would have been. Go to a school Go boy, to, and he's just give dominating. me something. Give me someone like JT who wasn't who wasn't that, you know, your, your quintessential super freak young kid, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater. Those three did not get any of those David Fafitas or any – they were nowhere near that mark. Mm. And if you discovered those guys, then you're a good recruitment. Mm. But the, some of these guys, man, I mean, like general managers, you're responsible for building rosters and you just keep going after your, your stereotypical Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill's a fucking anomaly. He's a freak. He's a genetic freak. Have we have we seen another Sonny Bill? No, we no. haven't, have we? No, we, we haven't. We haven't seen a six foot four hundred and eight kilo guy who can run sub forties and bench this and squat that and do all that sort of stuff. But they keep chasing it, you know. Like guys, like you know, you got to look after the. You got to look at the kids like a Jake Trebojevic and Cameron Murray's. They're not that big, but their football IQ is very sharp. They know how to play the game of rugby league because some of these big guys when they come through. And then they get taught the fundamentals coming through under 12s to under 16s. You're big, you're strong, just run through all these people. Then next minute you get to 17, 18, uh, everyone's sort of grown a little bit. You still can't pass properly or kick or do anything because you're being told by these stupid fucking coaches in, when you're younger, just get the ball and run. And then it's like, it's just, it's just pathetic. And, that's, and that's, where, that's the product of what's happening right now. And how the game has changed, as I said before, like the game is—it's the game's weighing the clock back to in the mid two thousands, where if you're big and strong and fast with football, with a high football acumen that can pass the ball, you are killing it these days. You literally just described my career, anyway. Cowboys, you got to teach them rugby league, man. You got to teach them fundamentals. You got to fucking—you got to keep doing that kind of stuff. Don't just keep picking, picking these guys, man. It shits me because these guys that were absolute. These guys that were recruitment officers 25 years ago, the game has changed. These guys are still getting jobs. Well, the Cowboys... Fucking retire. Speaking of Tamalola, the Cowboys are playing against the Rabbits. I, you know, the Cowboys are terrible. So, uh, Rabbits have been okay. They're winning. Um, Yeah. They're not doing... doing I mean, the thing about a Wayne Bennett team is he, he installs so much faith in you. You know what I mean? Look at Alex Johnson. You know what I mean? Look at Luttrell. Like these guys, he's given them a free reign to play football. This, that's, this is a team that plays rugby league. Mm. They play what's in front of them. You know, like I think, and I think um, even Adam Reynolds to a certain extent, he's been a, he's been a systematic player. He sits there and goes, all right, well, I won't push up. Uh, just say like, just say JT and you watch JT and Joey and even Brent Sherwin and Brett Kamali. They used to push up with their forwards all the time. 
but because he's been a systematic and a product of this a product of the game, I don't get the ball to the third tackle, so I don't have to move. You know what I mean? Like if you watch his game, like he should be pushing up every single play. Have a look, guys like Cody Walker on the ball, yeah, instinctive player, doesn't give a fuck, doesn't sit there till the third or fourth tackle to see that he has to push up with someone. He just plays footy. But where you've been in this system since 2008 where it was such a Melbourne system and you've been a product of that, it's going to take you a while to acclimate to this to the game right now because you, you need a halfback like a Cherry Evans and, and Keary that just are just straight off, off the cuff and they play direct and they push up with every, every, every single play is a play. Now, these other guys are just sitting back on third tackle. Yeah, third tackle is my option and then I, then I might do something. Then I'll sit back for the kick on the fifth tackle. Interestingly, I thought... With the new rules, Damien Cook would absolutely dominate. He's been quiet this year. Well, because I think he's gotten a little bit better because the only way to nullify Damien Cook is slow the play of the ball down. Yeah. And they've, they've, they've done they it. They have done that to a certain extent. When, Whenever Souths have been dominant, and that's it's only been in little, little, little microcosms in games, you know what I mean? He's been dynamite. But you can't – if you slow Totola down, you slow Thomas, uh, Thomas Burgess down – you slow him down. And their bench hasn't been that dynamite. And, you know, Jaden Sui, like Bra- Braley Syrian has only started a couple of games. Like their bench, I think they need, might need a big um, tongue and back rower by the name of Tavita Pangai Jr. He'd look pretty good there. <laughs> He'd go all right. Get some fucking... Uh, Liam Knight had a great game last week. So I think Wayne probably would be definitely thinking along the lines of Tavita mm. Pangai. The Canberra Raiders, uh, they are playing against the Stink, the Broncos. Canberra, again, Canberra are progressing okay. They got beaten last week. Um, Ivan Cleary got fined again for bagging what refs. Did get, what did he get fined for? He, he said that the Canberra side were managed back into the game. I think it's the first time in history that a bloke has won a game and got fined for bagging the ref. I was like, God, they sensitive refs. Fucking man up. Is that, is that all he said? That's all he said. Manage the game. I mean, he essentially hey, called him a ref. Chief. Is, that, is that exactly how he said, hey, sir, sir, they got managed back into the game? I don't think that's how it's got said. No, he did. That's that literally Ivan Clear at the press well, conference then, said. Grow a pair, refs, for fuck's sake. 20 grand for that shit? I think so. Well, exactly the same as what Wayne Bennett got? For, exactly for the same as what Paul, Paul Vaughan got? He's Italian, Merle. Yeah. Uh, all right. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve that. The Knights were good. They were good, and yeah, they are playing against a manly team that were not good. So, go the Knights. Yeah, this will be um, interesting because it is it is um, a rivalry game. But the the Knights. What do you think, of Blake Green? He's, How do you think well, he fit in? He let Ponga be Ponga, which I think for the okay. Knights is probably going to be the big key for them. So, yeah. Kurt Mann's a terrific footballer, but is I he think a nine? he's probably yeah. I don't know. He's probably more a nine than a six. Um, I think, you know, you look at the way Kurt Mann played and it didn't really give Ponga the opportunity to roam because Mann wasn't really running the side the way Blake Green was. He had to stick on that left side. Yeah. So Blake Blake Green can control both. He can control both edges and and Ponga can do what he wants. Do what he wants. And that's what what he wants. wants. I mean, and I think they put a highlight where Blake Green shines big. 
Fucking Ponga, he just passed the ball to Ponga. Ponga smoked that guy in the middle and just ran straight through him. Just I early mean, Blake, ball. Blake Green just gives you the ball. When it was early ball to Ponga both times and he was just a freak. He's just the sort of kid that just needs to get the ball and just let him do whatever he wants. I think I think honestly with, with Blake Green in the side and with Daniel Saifidi coming back, the Knights will give this comp a shake. I mean, not a yeah. proper shake, but they'll go okay. I think so. I think um, their back five sort of worries me a little bit, apart from Ponga, but like you got Stafford, uh, Toa, Anari... Tuala, Giamat Shibasaki, and Heimel Hunt. Mm. I mean, they're not household names, but they do the they do the job. They they run hard, they tackle hard, they do everything, but they're not superstars. But do you know what good they tests, will? Honestly, Aiden O'Brien comes from that Melbourne system. If you look mm. at the Melbourne sides yeah. over the years, they've had not superstar centers and wingers. They they tend to take players in. Like they've taken in oh, yeah. Adokar. They've they've they yeah, put them in so and they, they do the their job. The difference is this is his first year. Yeah, but they do their job. Yeah, but this is Adam O'Brien's first year. Belly brings people like that after ten years and fifteen years of like head coaching, and you need to buy into that culture. There's no culture built at Newcastle, no. so that's the only doubts I have. Did I just call him Aiden? You I called mean, him Aiden, but yeah. I, let it, I let it slide. No, you didn't, because you said no. Aiden straight away. <laughs> yeah, I, I let you know. <laughs> Herman SAS in, and Jacob's IV has been outstanding. Mitchell yep. Barnett has been great. Their back row still worries me. Back row really, really worries me. If I was the left side back row, like I was just. Oh my god, the amount of holes I'd be hitting on the Newcastle edge would be ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think seventeen line breaks a game. You have made that pretty clear about what. You well, think. it's a fucking <laughs> key position. It's the key. It's a key position and the best position on the field. Well, I believe you because Tyson Frizzell. Well, have a look year. at Raymond Fatale, the Mariner. He's, He's playing good. with the Bulldogs and hitting holes off. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. scoring tries. Like what? Well, you got you got Piercy and you got Pong out the back. How much diversion do you need? Well, the dogs. Speaking of Fatala Mariner, are playing against the Tigers. Uh, Michael Maguire, um, look, I think he's doing a good job with what he's got. And I think that there's West Tigers fans seem to be the biggest death riders of all time. And, and they seem to be turning on Maguire now. I think you've given the bloke a little bit of time. He's, he's trying to build a roster. He's trying to get rid of that soft underbelly that West is supposed yeah. to have. I don't hate the Tigers this year. Um, I never thought they were a top eight side and, and they probably won't make the top eight. But mm. I don't think that should be the metric. I think the metric should be, are they a better side this year than they were last year? Um, there's talk that they're trying to offload Mumbai. Um, Mate, they've got a lot of people on, on – and I would never hate on anybody for their paper, but whoever's managed their, um, their salary cap has just done a terrible job. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you got Reynolds who can barely make the side on seven fifty, Embi on seven fifty, Luke Brooks eight hundred, Benji he can have what he wants, he deserves it. <laughs> Russell Packer six seven fifty. You know what I mean? Like a couple of guys on some ridiculous money. They haven't had a rep jersey in their cupboard. No. You know what I mean? Like you haven't really proven yourself that much to to warrant that. But like I'm not sure. And the West Tigers aren't really that desperate of a club to throw that fucking sort of massive money at media, not, not mediocre players, but you know, decent first graders. But not they're not superstar. That's superstar money. What I was just saying then. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like whoever's managed their managed their cap, their general manager or CEO, has done a terrible job. And Madge has inherited that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So obviously he wants. He's been doing some moves in the last six weeks to try and go. You know what? Fuck! I want to piss you off so you can move. Yeah. 
please move. I don't want you <laughs> in this out. club. Like that's that's the way coaches do. They they what do you think he's doing to Josh Reynolds? You know, like mm. he's like you know you're on this much money. Players aren't stupid. They know they know what's going on, but they're like you know what? stick around players and get your money. But on the other hand, the Bulldogs, um, something close to my heart, someone close to my heart, and this is where the Bulldogs are going. So Gary Carden, he's uh, he was. He's at the club for 40, 38 years, and they sacked him two weeks ago. Like, they sacked him. So he was responsible for, just say for, I think the guys before me were like Corey Hughes, Adam Perry, Brent Sherwin, Glenn Hughes, Steve Reed. And if you're a Bulldogs fan, you know these names. And then when I, I was coming through, Roy Asatasi come through, Matt Utai come through, Jonathan Thurston come through, Sonny Bill come through, um, Ben Harris... Uh, just a plethora of names and Ren. superstar, Rennie Matua, Roy Sitasi, all these guys, we all come through his his regime and he set standards and he made us so ready for first grade. By the time we got to first grade, we were made men. We didn't come back. We didn't come back unless we mistrained or some shit. But um, we never come back for form or physicality or anything like that. And he rang me last week nearly in tears because he got sacked. And this guy trains flag players. You know, flag players. He gets them ready for first grade. For first grade. Like, this guy does not... This guy is not the problem. He's the solution to that club. Because he used to tell folksy, Steve Folks, God rest his soul, if... if Because I got held back a fair, uh, for a couple of years, I thought I was ready. I'm ready. And I'm thinking, I was 18, 19. I'm ready, I'm ready. Well, I wasn't obviously ready. And then I was ready, like 19, 20. And I stayed up there for like... For, for that whole, you know, 15 plus years. So did Rainey, so did everybody else. So he had an earmark and he would tell folksy when these guys were ready. I've seen him break so many people. He trained so many people so hard. But he's the cult. He, he is that last guy in the club that's about that old culture. And they sacked him. So that's where that fucking club's going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's quite sad that you sack a bloke who's on 50 grand a year that's there for like, that trains all these young kids, puts his heart and soul into all these young players just to make him grow up and be like we were to that club. And it's quite sad. And it's like when he, when he rang me, I, was just, I, was, I, nearly, I nearly started crying. So did all the guys like Sonny and all these sort of blokes, you know, obviously the messages and, and um, you know, the phone calls to him. So like just disappointed. Like he's 60-something years old. All he wants to do is go in there and just – Build the next Sonny Bill, the next Willie Mates, the next Roy Asatasi, the next um, Jonathan Thurston. And he doesn't get the opportunity. And I'm not sure whose call that was, but whoever called it is a fucking wanker. And I hate you. <laughs> Fair enough. Passionate. William, never, ever been accused of anything else. All right. So let's go through the tips for this week. You go first. Um, Roosters Storm. Storm. New Zealand Panthers. Panthers. Eels, St. George. Eels. Sharks, Titans. Sharks. Cowboys, Stink, Rabbit. <laughs> Rabbits. Canberra, Broncos, Stink. Raiders. Knights, Manly. Knights. Tigers, Dogs. And Bulldogs. All right. So I'm going Roosters, Panthers, Eels, Sharks, Rabbits, Canberra, Knights, and Tigers. Uh, notice that I am hedging my bets because I backed the storm on the line. But I've tipped the Roosters. And do you know why, William? I don't know why. Because I'm already shitting all over you in the tips. <laughs> so as a result, I've got a little bit of leeway here. Uh, what do I win? 
when I'll beat you in this tipping thing? A stone and wood. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's see how we go. I'm pretty sure I'll win. Well, these stories of yours, have uh, they've, they've been popular. I have been loving the fact that the rugby union-based stories are looser than the rugby league stories and yep. let me just tell the people that aren't aware of what the barbarians are the barbarians is a one of the highest honors in rugby union it's a group of blokes that get to play from all over the world in one team they spend a couple of weeks together and this game is played in front of sold out crowds mm. and it's probably a highlight for most blokes careers yeah you you arsey prick <laughs> Had not played one single game of rugby union and you got selected in the Barbarians. Now, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm the first person to trumpet your achievements, but you told me that when it happened and I was half by <laughs> filthy. I was like, why are you getting picked in that? You haven't done anything. Yeah, I haven't even played. They almost picked you for Tonga too, remember that? Yeah. Anyway. They wanted to. Um, tell, hey. me, tell me about the Barbarians, William. Uh, yes, well, this is my experience with the Barbarians. I haven't played a union game since under 12s, but... Um, yeah, I had my. I was in Hull. That was when I signed over there in 2010, 2000, I mean, 2011. Anyway, so my manager's doing a bit of magic. He goes, Have you heard of Toulon? I'm like, Oh, fuck, was that where Sonny went? I didn't know where Toulon was. It's on the, you know, it was on the med, all this kind of stuff. So um, in between that time when we were negotiating, he's like, I got your gig with, with the Barbars. I'm like, what's, what's the fucking Barbars? He goes, Barbarians. I'm like, Oh, he goes, You got to play but next week. Said, who against? He goes, England. I'm like, oh, all right, sweet. No worries. <laughs> no worries. Get up. And then, um, so I'm still, I think I'm still living in Hull at this moment. Not even, haven't even played for too long. The too long season hasn't started. So he's just, he's already told, I think my manager's already told the, the owner of Toulon, like, oh, Willie's already picked in the Barbarian side. The Tongan side want to pick him in the World Cup, which was true. It was true. It was true. But like, just sort of bluffing this uh, Morad idiot. Still owes me money, but um, <laughs> he doesn't. He owe money. Um, that they, they must think that I'm a really good player because I don't think at that time. Like I mean, at that time they just wanted to sign big name players. He didn't give a shit about like how many tests or anything you played. He would have thought that I played for rugby, rugby league, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, done. Anyway, so I get down to um, catch a train down to London, get off of Mayfair. Like everyone's sort of they they organise shit way better than league, and I was thinking. This is going to be real professional. It's going to be, I've got, I've got to get my real, you know, I've got to get my, um, got to get my head on and all this kind of stuff, make a good impression. And I was rooming with this bloke who was, um, I'm not even going to mention his name, but he's a rock star in, in Union. And um, so I roomed with him. We are standing up talking some, talking some shit. So as soon as you walk in the room, as soon as you walk into, we stayed in the Mayfair. I think it's about like probably. Yeah, nothing. It's, yeah, it's just a ridiculous hotel. Formula One. Yeah, it wasn't a Formula One that we did in our stadium league. Um, so we're staying in Mayfair. Um, walk in and they give you an envelope and they give you the room key and just look in the envelope and just go, what's this? This is like, I mean, you get like your, what is it, like every day, like just say if you're on kangaroo tools and stuff like that. 100 bucks a day. Yeah. For Prague, tabs. This was about fucking 50 billion times more than that. So it was just. <laughs> 50 pounds after 50 pounds. I'm not even going to say how much, but it was ridiculous. The average the average wage in England is 15,000 pounds a year. Well, we got that 
in one day <laughs> before even playing I'm, a game. I'm not going to say what it is, yeah. but then I'm going to say exactly what it yeah. is. <laughs> but a bit less, but a bit more, but a bit less. So get that in you. Um, so um, I was just thinking, what's, what's happening now? We're just sitting in our room and everyone's, oh, you know, everyone's speaking different languages, like French and, freaking, you know, like Italian, you know, South, South African. There's a couple of good, really good Aussies, fucking legend Aussie blokes I'm still really good friends with now. Right, right down to the bar. I was like, fuck. And, and a couple of really great All Blacks and just, like, they, a couple of All Blacks knew who I was and the Aussie guys did, but no one else did. Like, who's, who's this big fucking, you know? <laughs> Anyway, just start smashing piss and then we go out, we go from here, we go we, we go out, we go out for dinner, we go into all the fanciest restaurants, not paying for a fucking thing, man. The bill would have been, I think one of the joints we went to, the bill was like, we stayed there for about five hours. I think the bill was like maybe, I think 25,000 pounds. And then we just get up and walk out. <laughs> Obviously someone pays for it. It was that, was that every single day. And I'm like, we got to play on um, maybe in six days so, this, but it was six days non-stop this is your for the people that are listening to this this is your first game first game of rugby union in a professional sense you're playing inside center you wouldn't know the difference between inside center and no. i mean it was anyway it was quite funny we had training the next day and it, all it was was like lateral hand skills people just dropping field goals everyone was still half cut <laughs> pissed and then we'll go back and then we'll do it again and i've been involved in like origin camps and all this kind of stuff but it's never ever as much fun as a, when i was i was 31 do you know what i mean i'm like i thought all the good times were behind me like all that sort of shit you know i was like wow what where the fuck is this why why do we get in so much trouble you blokes carry on like this we're going around england guys are getting in fights blokes are doing some real shit that you would just get nearly locked up to locked up in sydney do you know what I mean? It was just like, and I was rolling with a dude who played about 50 caps for, for England and he was the king of London and he had some mad swag on him. He was cool as hell. Got into every single club that you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even dream about getting into. Boys are popping bottles of D. <laughs> Tom Perignon spraying on everyone. And back then, you know, if you go into a wanky club now, they have all these fucking um, firecrackers off them. They, they spray all this sort of shit. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? I wasn't into that, you know what I mean? Like, and so they were hiring like 10, 12, 15 bottles of these Dom Perignon. And we're on stage at this like uh, this place called Jalouse, if you heard about it back in 2011. I think it's changed now. It's one of the hottest, it's one of one of the best clubs in, in London. We're in there, blokes are like just spraying bottles and just smashed, like everything that you could imagine was happening at this party. And I loved it. And absolutely loved it. There was young blokes that I'd never even heard of that had played probably nearly a hundred tests for um for, for the Frenchies and like maybe the, um and the Italian team, and I was like, that's that's Tuesday. How'd and you then go? went and then How'd the you? Wednesday, and then the Thursday, and then Friday. I was thinking no one's going to do anything Friday, so I went roll. I rolled with them. So the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was with them. So because it was it it was compulsory, bonding, bonding. Sergio Parise was captain. I love him. You'd know him. Yeah, he yeah. was like the god. He was like this Italian stallion, just like one of the best. I mean, I, I, he played for Italy, so I, but they reckon if he had to play for any other country, he'd be a starting number eight, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In some of the top four sides. So he was our captain. I'm like, I'm like you are the best fucking captain I've ever had, ever. I still, still stay in contact with him now. But he was like, he was just an animal. And then on the Friday, he like they, they just didn't stop. And I went, okay, I'll have one day off. And next week we run out and twi- run out to Twickenham. 
And it was like 80,000 people, 80, people there. And we're playing against England. And we beat them. And, <laughs> and, and then, you scored a try. Uh, no, no, no. Or was that the second game? The second one. And then, so I thought that would have stopped. Like, oh, we'll be fine. Then we got to play Wales at Millennium Stadium. And then it didn't stop from that. So that was Saturday. Massive Saturday night. Massive Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then played on the Saturday again, Millennium Stadium, 90,000. And <laughs> me and uh, Matthew Buster, a big busser, he, um, me, him and I were starting centres and we ended up winning the game for us. And we were the, we were the first team to win the, uh, the summer, the summer um, clean sweep. Mm. First team. First Barbarians team. <laughs> exactly, first Barbarians team in 2011. And then it just kept continuing. Then I, was, I made the fucking World 15. Next minute I'm in Hong Kong playing against Pacific Barbarians and it was the same shit. It was like three weeks, took about three years off my life, but it was the funnest shit I've ever been involved in at that time in my life because I thought, yeah, my 20s was crazy. Nothing can top this shit. And obviously if you've been hearing the stories, this is pre-Saint-Tropez. So all this shit just got better and better and better and better. And my time in Union was the best. Thank you once again for tuning into our little show. Uh, I've got to say you need to rate and review and subscribe and all those things. Mm-hmm. Tonight has been, again, a reason why the producer is so hated on this show because he couldn't manage to get the live thing up and running. But next week, allegedly, we will be live on Facebook. And yeah. uh, I hope it's better than this. I think it will be. There's a little bit of a mishap. You can't blame um, anyone else but Mark Zuckerberg. So, you can blame um, the producer. You 100% <laughs> you, you will blame him. You will blame him. But technical, technically, something fucked up. So, the producer. mate, we can't wait for um, next week. I mean... We pretty much do the show live anyway. So um, make sure you tune in for next week. It'll be good. Oh, what are we on Facebook? Facebook Live, according to the producer. But I All don't right. believe anything the bloke says anymore. He's let us down. Badly. All right, we'll be interested in hearing some um, hearing some questions. Make sure they're decent. I mean, just don't come up and go, hey, where did you leave? And I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to tell you that. Just come up with some, some sort of substance in your questions. I mean, like it, um, we, we look forward. We love engaging with you guys. So... Um, we don't just want just your basic dumb questions, so um, just come with it. Jeremy actually did ask before we came on air, we were going to do a live thing. Jeremy asked if I really do not like the producer and the answer, yes. It's no. You love the producer. You hang out every week. He's all right. I'll be following Willie more and more. Oh, right. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie... And the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two fancy for you!